0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of Storytime with Grandma. My name is Andrea and I am your host. And on today's episode, we listen to my grandma's story about the first time she met my grandfather and how they fell in love and eventually got married. So I hope you guys enjoy it and keep listening. She's just taking her vitamin C. What? introduce yourself first. I
1: could introduce myself. I am Andrea's grandmother.
0: Yes. And what's your my name? My name
1: is Lucy Cecilia Espinosa Gutierrez <laughs> de Mosbidri. <laughs> yes. That's my official name.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's your star sign?
1: Sagittarius. You're a
0: Sagittarius.
1: I we was born on the thirteenth of December, nineteen forty-one. <laughs> <laughs> I am seventy-eight years old now. <laughs> <laughs> going to be seventy-nine this year. Oh my god. Um fifty-three years married going to be fifty four this twenty-third of September.
0: Yes. Okay. And tell me I wanna I want I wanna hear a story about when you first met Papa.
1: Oh <clears throat> I was um I had got a scholarship and gone to England and I was in Wales, Cardiff. I was living in International House in Penarth. Uh, it was a Methodist hostel only for postgraduate students, and we had uh, inaugurated it just one month uh, after my arrival. And I was... They, they appointed me to meet Princess Margaret at that time. to mm-hmm. gave her a welcome. It was quite nice. <laughs> quite nice. <laughs> we enjoyed it a lot that day. <clears throat> uh, all the students that were there. <laughs> we were all post- postgraduate students.
0: What were you studying?
1: English, English.
0: To be an English teacher?
1: I was already an English teacher and I was doing a diploma course now. Uh. And... Um, from um the 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 it starts in the month of um august uh, we start the classes at the university already september some september and the hostel was full already students from all over the world engineers doctors journalists dentists and uh, more or less, in, we, we went, we were all doing studies and all. And uh, my mom came to see me in the month of January. Mm. She came and she stayed the whole month, which was the holidays in Peru. So she could afford to be the whole month there, which was really very nice. We had such a fantastic time. Mm. And when she went back, uh, February, March there was some problem in Nigeria and one of the engineers had to leave, so there was a vacant room. And it just happened, everything was so coincidental because Sumanth, who who is my husband. My grandpa. (laughs) He was at that time working in in St. George Hospital in London Mm. and he wanted to do his DMRD. What's that? Diploma uh, uh, in radiology. Radiology, right. My grandpa's radiology. a
0: radiologist,
1: by the way. And then uh, he, he told him that the University of Cardiff was a good place to go, so he got himself a job in the Royal Infirmary. It just happened that about 15, about 15 days before, I had had a colic. I always had problems with my gallbladder, and I had peptic ulcer, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because I sometimes get so tense, (laughs) (laughs) and then I went for, my my doctor from the university sent me to a Royal infirmary, and when I was there, this doctor, I told him that my father was a doctor, Mm. so he was very, very kind and very special. Because your father was a doctor. (laughs) You know, from colleague to colleague, you know. Right, yeah. So they always... That you have kind of have a VIP. You have picture. to have the connections. And uh, he took my X-rays. I had gallstones and all these things, so I, I he sent all the reports to my father and to my GP from the university. Just happened that Suman was just coming at that time to Cardiff, and he went into a place where it was bed and breakfast. I think mm. that's what he said. And when he went to work in the hospital, this Dr. David, who later we became very good friends, um, he told Suman, oh, he said, Suman told him, uh, I don't like the place where I am. And he said, oh, why don't you go to the International House? Mm. He said, that's a place where all postgraduate students are, and there's doctors and everything there. Why don't you apply there? Because um, I'll I'll show you the x-rays of uh, a a patient of mine, Lucy, and... um, she, her father's a doctor and uh, she's there, and she's a very nice uh, lady, go, why don't you go and try the International House? And he <laughs> gave him the address. So he set you up, kind, well, of, kind in of. a way. <laughs> 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 and it just how things, how the universe works, because it just happened that because there was a problem in Nigeria, this engineer had to leave and there was a vacant room, which didn't happen normally, but it happened then. So there was a vacant room, and he goes and applies. Papa. Papa goes and applies, and the the the, the hostel is run by Methodist Church.
0: Mm.
1: The time when my mum came, in January. Uh, the wardens, which were Reverend Jones and Mrs Margaret Jones, they were the wardens, and my mummy was. Uh, always worried about me and and telling them that it was the first time I was away from the country and on my own. And they said, oh, we have no children, but we have adopted already Lucy as our daughter. I was very fond of them. And really, they were so nice to me. They treated me like a daughter. And um, so I sometimes used to go to help uh, Reverend Jones into the office. And I used to belong to the group that he used to do Every Wednesday in the nights where he used to call everybody from different religions. And we all used to have like an ecumenical meeting, which was very nice. And then he told me, Reverend told me, you know, there is a newcomer. There's somebody that's coming now. <laughs> and he's coming on Wednesday or something like that. It was the 13th of March, I remember the day he told me. He's coming and he'll come to have dinner. Now, I used to sit down always on the table. We all used to have dinner at six o'clock. Mm. We used to come back from the university, from the hospital, the doctors, from wherever you, you, you came back. At 6 o'clock, we all had to be there. At 6 rang the bell. At 6.15, dinner was served in the house, in the dining room. Mm. And normally, you had to queue up. Um, and I always sit on a table. The tables were for 6, but my table had 8. And this is because I was kind of privileged. They allowed me. We had all my <laughs> friends, all the girls. We sat all together. You were popular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we were all sitting down there together. And then I tell them, you know, there's a newcomer arriving now. Let's see who it is. So we were all watching. Who are all those coming? <laughs> Making the queue, and we were know. Those are all we know. We know. We know. and Oh, look at that! And I said, Oh my God, that one looks like a Mexican. <laughs> he has such a big mustache. I'm sure that under his coat, he's got all this big thing there full of the bullets because they always carry guns. <laughs> And we were all laughing and laughing. And he went seriously and he went that day and he found out who were the doctors and he went and sat at the table where all the other doctors were. Mm. And the first thing he asks, who's Lucy? Lucy Espinosa. And of course, every, they all pointed me. <laughs> uh, uh, and. and <laughs> And then I find we're all looking like that. We're all looking at him. We're all laughing, not knowing where he comes from. I said he definitely is coming from Mexico. <laughs> and he, he, and <laughs> and then the girl said, "My God, look, Lucy, he's looking at you all the time." And I said, "Oh my God, oh my God." <laughs> so then uh, came breakfast time. Breakfast time is well. All we all before going out to whatever we had to go for studies. We had to uh, meet during breakfast time and during dinner time and breakfast again he finds now a seat that he he will sit on the other table facing me <coughs> and the girls kept on saying lucy he's looking at you again and i said oh my god where do i hide <laughs> and this continued for one week he would always look wherever i was and then i would stand up and i would go into the television room he would follow into the television i come out from the television room go to the place where playing ping-pong, and then he follows, and I would go quickly upstairs, <laughs> and I said, oh my God, <clears throat> and then I didn't know what he was, what he was studying, Reverend Jones didn't tell me, and on, after one week, there were lots of the students from Thomas Foundation, which were all the journalists from different parts of the world that had come to study, they were only posted for three months, not for the whole year. And one of them was very really nice, he was from Vietnam, and he used to receive always parcels, and he received a big parcel of shrimps. <laughs> and I was trying to do a diet, because as I had the colleagues and all that, I didn't want to eat anything, just to have very plain food. And he um, he offered me uh, this, he was called Peter Thin. And he tells me, oh, Lucy, look, these are shrimps. You have never tasted shrimps like this. And I said, okay. And then he said, here, I have some. So I took some, and he said, eat them. And I pretended that I had them in my mouth and that I was chewing something, and I, that I ate one, but I had it in my, my hand. I didn't want to taste something or eat something that I didn't know what it was. I was scared. <clears throat> and, and that night, I had a terrible colic. But I threw away the shrimps. poor Peter if you would only know. But <laughs> <laughs> Poor Peter. <laughs> and I, and he uh I I remember that night I had a very bad colleague after dinner and I told my next door friend uh, she was she was a princess from Sikkim. And I tell her A princess? She, she was a princess from Sikkim. Where's the that? kingdom of Sikkim mine is near Nepal. Oh. It's a small little kingdom. <clears throat> and she was the daughter of the sister of the king. No. Oh. She was studying she was studying nursing. Um, uh, no, she was studying physiotherapy, I think. Yes, that's what she was studying, physiotherapy. And she was doing a postgraduate on that. And mm. I told her, Oh Shimmy, she me, I think I'm dying. I've got a colleague, please <laughs> call call Mrs. Jones and tell her to call my doctor from and then Shimi went and called everybody. All that floor. I was on the first floor. And the first floor was all full of girls only. Mm-hmm. I was number 19. And it started from number 10.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The ground floor was where you had the dining room, television room, all mm-hmm. amenities and all. And the office. The second floor was for those that came from uh, some foundations that were only lasting three months. Third floor, third floor was for uh, couples. Uh, fourth floor was for engineers and fifth floor was for doctors.
0: Why were they on the fifth that's, floor? That's
1: why they put them. But there was a lift and all. No? <laughs> now uh, there were lots of rules in in the hostel. Like uh, we in on each floor we had a laundry, like a little um, laundry place where we had the washing machine and all. And on the and, and a little kitchenette where you could cook, even if you want to bring your things. Mm. It was a small little kitchenette. Normally we would meet, there was a little table, we would meet for coffee, but never on the floor of the girls could be a boy after <laughs> nine o'clock, um, because Reverend Jones would just go around checking, you know? it was it was really good, and <laughs> <laughs> no, because you don't know the people, you know, yeah. and then um, uh, oh, wait, it was about, oh my God, it must have been 9.30 when I was with a terrible colleague. And all the girls were in my room, all, they all came, they all came, Lucy, what's wrong with you, Lucy, what's wrong with you? And I'm saying, I'm dying with a colic, I need something, I need something. And immediately Mrs. Jones comes in, and she said, oh, what's wrong with you, Lucy? I said, I, I, I'm, I've got, I'm having a gallbladder colic, and I need to have an antispasmodic, and I haven't got one. Mm. And then she said, oh, I'm going to call a doctor. Previous to this, I already had a problem with doctors on the fifth floor, because when I went to ask one day for help for one of the girls that was bleeding from a tooth, mm. they said that I had to call an ambulance or the, G, uh, or the head GP, but they didn't want to. In- <gasps> and I said, oh, I don't want any one of them. I said, Mrs. June, please call call my doctor from the university. Please call my She said, don't worry, Lucy, I'm coming back. I'm coming back, she said. And she went out, and then the door opens, and Samantha's there. This <laughs> Man that I thought was a Mexican. I never (laughs) thought, not even in my wildest dreams, that he was a doctor. I didn't even know in which floor he was. I was not interested. (laughs) And here he comes in. And I'm looking at him and I say, oh, my God. And the South American girls, there's two South American girls there. They say, oh, Lucy. (laughs) He's coming. And I said, oh, my God. And I'm lying on the bed. And all the girls are all standing there. (laughs) There are eight of them there because I was nineteen ten. There are eight of the girls there. And I'm saying, oh my god! And then he because the beds were low and it was cold. In the month of March is very cold in in Cardiff, in England. And he says, I have got to examine you.
0: Mm.
1: And he says, my name is Samantha um, Bittia. I'm a doctor, and I'm going to examine you. <laughs> and he says, can you can you uh, uh, bring down? Uh, uh, no, to to examine the, the abdomen yeah. and all that, so I've got to lower my clothes there and yeah. lift up my blouse and all that, and because it was so cold, he starts rubbing. His, he kneels down in front of me and starts rubbing his hands and he's rubbing, rubbing, rubbing. Very, very nice of him not to put his cold hands on my tummy. <laughs> so as he's rubbing it, the South American girls tell the other one, "Look at the way he's, his his mouth is watering. He's a wolf that's going to eat her up." <coughs> And I start laughing, and of course, in my pain, I'm laughing. And all the English girls want to know what they've told me, and yeah. they all la- and they're all laughing, and they're all laughing. In Spanish, he says, "Míralo cómo se relame." They say like that.
0: <laughs>
1: it was terrible. <clears throat> and then he says, "Oh, she's having a colic, so I'm going to go to the hospital and bring an injection, and uh, so it calms down the pain." And I'll be back, he tells Mrs. Jones. And off he goes. This, by this time, it's eleven fifteen something in the night. And, and Peter Thin already, yeah, the second... The, 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 the floor of the journalist already know about my predicament. And he hears Peter Thin saying, I have poisoned Lucy, I have oh. poisoned Lucy, thinking that he's giving me a poisoned shrimp. No. Poor thing. All the night he stayed sitting outside in the hall. Peter? Peter, thinking oh. that I was that I was going to die or something <laughs> like that. I don't know what he thought. <sighs> By then, Samantha goes to the hospital, brings an anti and, and puts the injection, and of course, it calms down the pain. And Mrs. Jones said, no, you're not going to the to university tomorrow or the after you go to rest. And then Samantha said, no, I'm, I will take care. I will see about the thing. And I'm looking at him and I say, oh my God, He said, doctor. Oh gosh, this is... Um, maybe the Monday or Tuesday when this happens. And there is a girl that already has seen Samantha. She's one of the nurses that's doing a postgraduate. And she fancies Samantha. (laughs) And then she says, let's organize a picnic. We're going to organize a picnic and we're all going to Castle Koch, which is the Red Castle outside Mm -hmm. Cardiff. And we're going in these cars and these cars and these cars. And she organizes how many and who are going all in the cars. And she puts herself in the car with smell. She says, I'm taking smell," But I am not on the list. <laughs> uh, and, and then when somebody says, why, why is Lucy not on the list? Oh, because uh, Lucy is uh, she's not being well. And Mrs. Jones said, no, she can't go out. She's not well. And Uh-oh. she already found out that I couldn't go out because better not to go out because I she was kind of, I was kind of recovering. Yeah. And then Sumanth when he sees the list and all that, he said, oh, no, there is no problem, Mrs. Jones. I can take care of her. I'll be a personal <coughs> doctor, so she can come in my car and she can choose whoever wants to come with her in my car and we will go to Castle County. Car- oh, Mary. <laughs> And Mrs. Jones said, okay, if she's going under the care of Dr. Mudbidri, then she can go. Uh. And that was the first time I went out with Samantha. And after that, the rest is history, because he was always there. He even, he had one free afternoon at in the hospital, they had, and he used to go to the university. Even my teachers at the university knew him. Everybody knew him. He was always there. <laughs> he was all the time there. And one day, he gives me some records of Ravi Shankar, and I'm having the records of Ravi Shankar, and I don't have- Who's that, an Indian? In An Indian that plays sitar, classical. Mm. Where, um, and this girl is called Mary, that liked him. But yeah, seeing like she's liking another doctor now, <laughs> who becomes Suman's best man when we get married. And she's, she's already after this other doctor. And she <laughs> she tells me, Lucy, I have a record player, I can bring it from my house. So I, uh, at that time, um, we were supposed to write, it's almost coming to, not the end, but uh, in the middle of the year, and uh, the, the study year. And we have got to do our dissertations, or begin our dissertations they've given us already what subject we are choosing and uh, title of it and we've got to do all this and prepare it for the final exam Mm. and going back to mary she gives me the record player but she tells me you know lucy i haven't put it hasn't got a plug so she gives me the plug but she said you got to wire it and I said, oh, there's not a problem, because I've always done all the wiring in back home in Peru. So she gives it to me, but I had never done wiring in England. And in England, they have three in the wire. In Peru, you only have two, the positive and the negative. But here in England, you have three, which is the positive, the negative, and the S, to, the, the, uh, to do what we call tierra, for mm-hmm. it not to... Uh, the third one that's why the plugs here have three points while in Peru they only have two points Oh,
0: okay. (laughs) So,
1: and then it's late in the night it's about 11 o'clock in the night and i'm doing it i'm finishing studying i finished studying so i said i'm going to put some record on and i put the, (laughs) the try to put the plug and i see there's three wires there and i say oh my god three wires which one goes to where, which one goes to where, I don't know. But we're all studying, so all the lights are on of all the rooms. And we are, with sometimes the doors open, some the doors closed. <laughs> and I connect it, and I'm hoping for the best. And then I only just open my door, and I tell the girls, Girls, I have just installed the record player, so maybe you might hear a big explosion. Ta-da-da-da! I go there, and I put it in, and exactly that happened. A big explosion, and it blew my hand. My right hand. <laughs> so you hand, got
0: electrocuted?
1: I got terrible. <laughs> it, was, it was the most horrendous thing. Everybody so came did, out. Did Everybody you, was did in my like room. Did you faint or something? Yeah. And my hand was all blown off. My, all my fingers, all my fingers. when I looked at it, they were all open on the side. like. But like you don't have you, any scars? No. It's amazing. Uh, I, they were all open like, like when you boil a sausage and it opens the oh, skin. Emma. That's how it was. That's, That's how it was. And I passed out. And of course, all the girls ran to Mrs. Jones. They called Mrs. Jones and everybody called to me. Why they did everything really say, happen to you? And everybody came, everybody was there. And at that hour, they rushed me to the hospital, <laughs> which was half an hour distance from where we were. And we reached the hospital, I can't remember anything, nothing. I must have fainted, I just don't know, the pain was intense. I come back and... And you have a very low pain tolerance, like you can't handle... I don't think so. And when I come back, my hand is all bandaged totally. And I I have pictures of that in my mouth where Mm. my hand is... And all these hands, oh, the pain was unbelievable. And they told me that I had to go every day to the hospital, to the, the, the intensive care unit for burn burning, mm-hmm. And because I was going to have a lot of swelling of my hand. Mm. And, and they had to release the bandage, and they had to put uh, a needle and release all the liquid that was inside <coughs> there. It was one month I was like that. It was really not nice. So what they used to do, the nurses, when I used to go from the university, um, I used to go, it was quite near to the hospital from the university. I used to cross there. And immediately they used to call Sumanth because he had already left word that uh, whenever I went, he would come. And he's the <laughs> one that put the injection to be able to release all the pain and take off the bandages with one of the nurses there. And that's how he did uh, came my dissertation, and of course I had started already my dissertation. Mm-hmm. And first we had to give a rough copy, handwritten, uh, with a pen and a, and a notebook. And we were all busy doing our rec- dissertations, and he, um, the, the, my, my my tutor, I told him, uh, I th- I, I'm not left-handed, I don't know what I'm going to do. In those days, there were, we didn't have these... Um, electronic things like... Computers. Computers. There were no computers in those days. I'm talking about the early 60s. There were no computers. There were no um, pads. uh, Nothing of those things that you could even use your left hand to be able to do. Mm. He didn't want it on a typewriter. It had to be handwritten. Mm. So we're in the classroom, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling my tutor there this, and so... Um, he said, well, he said, he tells the students, um, somebody has got to offer to write the dissertation for Lucy. And everybody, of course, is busy. So everybody said, oh, we can do one night each, one night each to, to be able to come and Lucy can dictate. Mm. And he said, no, I don't want in one dissertation 20 different uh, handwritings. He said, I'll go crazy. So then everybody looks and they all say, oh, we know somebody, Sumant will do it. Everybody (laughs) says, Sumant, even in my class. Oh, my God. And they all, when they come back, lots of them that were living in the international house, they go to Sumant and they say, Sumant, you can do this. Oh, yes. Sumant says, of course, I will do it. Of course. So, of course, he can't be after nine o'clock on on the girl's floor but of course he gets a special permission with mr mrs jones and they give him that he can stay there in the kitchen and i have got to dictate in the kitchen not in the room in the kitchen so that's that's how it was so every night he was there every night i was dictating (laughs) and whenever he invited me to go out somewhere i always had my entourage i always had Girls with me coming. I never went out with him alone. I went, out with <laughs> <laughs> I went out with Simin. I went out with... Barbara was always with me, Barbara Ha. And I went out with with Sam Sasam or with Subabrakonsi. No, Supap no, she only came once. But who was always there as well was uh, Mason Kuba. So always I had somebody that used to come with me in the car. Or uh, at least there were always three that would sit on the back. It was it was so funny, and and Superman didn't mind. Suman didn't mind at all. He was very respectful about that. And uh, then he we used to go to see his friends, doctors. And one day he proposed, <laughs> and he asked me uh, to marry him, and I started to cry. <laughs>
0: I said, oh, my
1: God. What? He just um, said it straight, yeah. like, out of nowhere? No, he told me Wait, first, had you already kissed? He told
0: me, no. he had never kissed? No. <laughs> what? So you I'm were just about, like... it's the olden days, you know. Yeah, I know, but didn't you have, like, a first kiss or something? <laughs> no. Oh, my no. god. So you were just he like... Me. He
1: did tell me... Going on well, going No, out. he told me that he liked me, He and he used to tell me that he liked me. Right. And in the classes of phonetic, he... He transcribed all in phonetic, which I have until now in one of my prayer books, how he wrote in a piece of paper, I love you in phonetics. Oh, <laughs> that's so like cute. Yes. And what we did at that time was we promised that uh, when he asked me to marry him, and I, was like, I cried and all, and I went to see me, who was my best friend, and she's no more. And I told her, and she said, oh, Lucy, I'm so happy. He's so nice. He's so nice. She was always She liked him a lot. And she said, he's really nice, she used to tell me. She was from Persia. And, um, and that's how it was. And when, um, of course, because we knew that there was going to be a big opposition on both sides. Uh, so we, we wrote letters to our parents, mm. he to his parents and me. And we <laughs> wrote letters uh, to my mom. And, of course, immediately the answer was No. You come back immediately.
0: <coughs> How old were so,
1: you? I was 24. 23? 23, 23, 23. Going to be 23 at
0: that time. And why is she saying no?
1: In those days, you, you, you were obedient to your parents. You didn't have this, that I'm um, 24, I can do whatever I want. In those days, it wasn't like that.
0: Really?
1: At least not, not we in South America and in India.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in India oh, yeah, especially. So let's just
0: clarify, my grandpa is not Mexican. He is from
1: India. <laughs> Um. <laughs> and then, of course, being a man from India, and they have, because he's a Brahmin, they all have arranged marriages. Not only because he's a Brahmin, but all in India have arranged marriages. Mm. In, in those days, it was more than what it is today. Now, they have a lot of marriages for love. But yes. in those days, the marriages for love was, were very few, and more were those arranged marriages. Mm. Before he came, before he was going or going to come to, to England, his father wanted him to get married, and he didn't want. And his mom said, let, let him go like that. And he said, what if he knows somebody that he's not supposed to marry? And, and, and his mom said, destiny, that's destiny. Oh. She was very nice. I love my mother-in-law. She was so nice, you can't imagine. Anyway... Uh, he, he, we wrote. So what we did was because we both wrote in English and they answered us in English. He would write and I would write, and whatever letter came, there were no secrets between us. So he he would open my letters and I would open his letters and we would read what they say. Oh my god! Yeah, that's how it was. And no no secrets. And we've never had secrets for each other. Mm. We, we're, we're open books. No mm. no problem. And I think that's. Something that makes a very stable marriage. Hiding things or telling lies. Mm. Lies you will always find out and then the trust is not there, right? Mm. The Trust should be there. Yeah. So that's how it was. And I saw that it was the same. They were just re- re- responding in the same way. And we were both adults. So mother was 31 years old. And he would be intrigued, like like if he was a teenager, and so was I. Wait, so you're how many years different?
0: Seven years. Seven years. Twenty.
1: I was going to be twenty four, and he was going to be thirty one. <laughs> and then he was thirty. Yes, then because we when we married, he's thirty one. No, no, we had just become. I was twenty four, and he was thirty one, and we we get married. No. Well, that's after. <laughs> <laughs> because when I go for my scholarship, I have got to sign a paper that says I cannot marry during my scholarship. Right. I can do it after, but not until my final so, wha- Why? That's how it was. Of course, there were lots of married people in the uh, uh, scholars, but that that is That different. was your
0: scholarship? My,
1: my scholarship, that's one coming from Peru with the British Council, that's what they said, and I signed the paper. So I had to wait. We, we were not going to get married just then and there. Yeah. But he asked me, and I said yes. And I said, well, I'm not going to get married until I have my mom's blessings.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> anyway, once it finished... No, we got engaged. That's what it was. Did you tell your dad? Engaged. No, at that time, I was not talking to him. Oh, talking yeah, talking to him,
0: yeah.
1: And when we... Um, when we got engaged, of course, all the people from the university, my, my teachers and everybody was there, they all liked him. He they, they had he he was so charismatic, Samantha. Everybody liked him. And was, still is. Yeah, he still is. <laughs> but, and he, he. Uh, I said, if, if my mom knows him and all, they would like him, But but at that time there was no chance for that. So my mom said, if he wants to get married with you, he's going to come to Peru and marry there in Peru. That's what my mom said. And I told my mom, there's no money, no money to. How much are we going to spend to be able to go there, get married, and then come back? Which is silly because he has got to work in England. Anyway, came the last day of my final, and we we were going to 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 graduate (coughs) and. There I am supposed to go back. They put me my passage, and I 've got to go back to my country mm. after what I do in my country, if I come back that yeah hasn't got anything to do with British Council. Mm. so I put all my things and someone says oh i'll be waiting for you. You go ask for permission, and so I go back to Peru and uh, when I reach the before this um, I didn't mention but I had among my friends, there was one girl that was from India. She didn't live in the International House, but she, she, she was at the university with me. Around the month of February, after my mom left, we went to Stratford-upon-Avon with Simina and Swedish, who was the Indian lady. And she always used to wear saris, and I used to say, "Oh, so nice you're looking in a sari and all this." So she said, "Oh, she said I'll teach you how to wear a sari." So she did teach me how to wear a sari, and she gave me as a present two saris, which I have until today. And I I, I went to Stratford when with saris, <laughs> and I had not met Shumanti yet, which is like destiny. Even I was already wearing saris, so I took my saris when I went to Peru, and uh, my mommy and made a dinner and of course all her brothers, that's all my uncles they were all there they all wanted to question me so I I had put a sari on and came out dressed in a sari Mm -hmm. and they all looked at me (laughs) and I sat down there and I said ready for questioning so they all questioned and how it was and whether I was making a mistake or not making a mistake and my mummy had asked them sure for backup. Mistake about to marry me. Oh, <laughs> this was in the beginning, and, they, and she she didn't give me then the permission. And my friend, I had uh, my best friend Gina. She was there, and, uh, <laughs> and it was so funny and calming also. And by then, Sumat had given me a record that says uh, from Ken Don, and it was, remember, I love you while you're far away. And I had given him one the same. And she used to say, oh, that's medicine. So every time we go out, and I used to go out a lot with Carmen every day, wherever we used to go, she'd say, you have to have your medicine first, your medicine first, and we had to hear the record first. And Carmen just loved it. <laughs> and this is how it went on. I stayed the whole month. And Gina uh, was also encouraging, oh, you have to go. This is so nice. And one day, um, my mommy asks my. One, one of my uncles was not there. He was the youngest, Cookie. And my mommy phoned him up. He was in Colombia, I think, at that time, or Venezuela. And my mommy asked him, What did he think about Indian and all? Because he had just come back from India. Oh, he said. Indians are very nice people. He said, I would recommend, if he's Indian, better than if she marries an Indian and a Peruvian. <laughs> <laughs> so my mummy, that time, she said, okay, I'll give you the permission to go. And what she did was, uh, she gave me as a present, she told me, is your ticket to, to travel to, to England. And I'll give you in cash, I'll send you to the bank, your... Return fare, the amount to take a return fare, because she said if anything goes wrong or anything, you take the next plane and come back. Mm. So that was her present. And Gina said, "Take the train, take the first plane," but it was so quickly we did all the arrangements, and and off I went. Everybody farewell me and all that because I thought it was not fair for the wedding to be in Peru for him to come spend all that money when he still had to work in Peru, in in England, Mm. and nobody of his family was going to come because they were also against it, but he had not gone to ask for permission. And then we, we, I went back, I phoned him and immediately came to pick me up to the station. And from there we did all the arrangements. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, they were thrilled to bits and everything that I had come back and that we were going to get married, but I didn't pay them and made all the arrangements to get married on the 23rd of September. And I had been going out to look for a flat or a granny flat or something to be able to go there for the first, uh, at least for the first time after we were married. We were not going to stay in the International House. And my friend Barbara not barbara had used to go with me everywhere i used to go they were all still there and many of them had uh, had not gone anywhere during the holidays yeah, they stayed like, they're back all like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, all the cleaners and everything oh so excited you're going to get married when are you going to get married and i was not telling them when i was going to get married and i asked the priest we had to go to the priest uh, I, I didn 't tell a part that I have a very good friend. it was father Miguel, and when I was coming back, I wrote to him also, and I told him everything about it, and he was so happy and he gave me his blessings because he met me he met me in Colombia where I had to do a, a, change of plane there mm-hmm. because the Air France would reach um, Colombia and then I had to take a plane another one to be able to come to Lima and he was, they had posted him there and he went into to the transit passengers he mm-hmm. had a cup of coffee and I told him and he gave me his blessings for Maria that was when I was just going to ask mommy for permission so he gave me his blessings and that's when I went to Lima and um, when when we reached, uh, and I did all the arrangements for the marriage in Cardiff, the priest of the mass that I always used to go to, he also uh, he already had met Sumant because from the time we got engaged, Sumant used to come to church with me. Although he is, I must say, I didn't say before, but he. He's not a Catholic, he's a Hindu. And in those days, in the 60s, that was a no-no to get married, but we were just in that time, 66, where all the changes were there and things were being accepted. Mm. So they were accepting, for the first time, mixed marriages. I was lucky in that way because the priest, he was very nice, but Suman had been brought up in a Jesuit school with priests, he knew quite a lot about religion and Catholic and all that, and uh, it was not e- it was easy, mm. and the priest liked him. And we had one month where we used to go, all that month, because I came at the end of August until September, we had to go for different lectures. And I asked him that our families were not going to come for the wedding, so he offered... Uh, because the bishop used to live there as well. It was a very nice compound where the church was, in Joseph and Penarth. And the bishop said, oh, you can change your dress and everything and come out from, the, from the, 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 the hallway of the house of the bishop and come out through the garden and get into the church. So that's what is a, that was the plan. And I told my friend about it because we had to have witnesses. As I was always in the choir, Singing in the mass. My witnesses were going to be the one that played the organ and one of the singers that used to sing with me. But I told my friends from the International House also, um, two or three of them, and at that time Barbara, her mom, had just come. And I loved her mom. I had spent Christmas and New Year the previous year there with them. Mm. And she was so nice. And she found out, I don't know how she found out, We were going to get married.
0: (laughs) My grandma just. (laughs) It just. (laughs) Do you want to explain what you just did?
1: She
0: She didn't hit you. Oh my goodness. She's just telling you to be quiet because you're making noise with your fork. Okay. (laughs) Papa!
1: (laughs) I think we. She said, oh, you've been married and you haven't told us. This is not possible. Everybody's going to be so angry with you. And I said, oh, no, please. I just didn't want to bother anybody. I don't want anybody to come out from their way, especially because our families are not here with us. She said, but we are your family. Oh, I'm so... I I, I was so emotional about it. And she told immediately to Mr. and Mrs. Jones. And Mrs. Jones said, Lucy, what are you doing? You You are like our daughter. We've got to give you, no? So... It ended up that I had to get married from the International House. I by, I had bought already my wedding dress when I came back from Peru. Mm. And I stopped in London, went to one of the shops, asked for it. They sent it to me to Cardiff. Mm. I bought all my things. I had everything. And <laughs> Mrs. Jones said, you are going to dress here. We are going to give you away like our daughter. And who's going to give you away? Reverend Jones is going to give you away like my like like if you are our daughter. And they threw out a big party. They did a wedding cake. Everybody came, the cleaners, everybody that was international house. The cleaners. Came. Even the cleaners <laughs> were all with their hats on and everything. It was it was beautiful. It was really amazing. They were my family from from Cardiff. And uh, so the day came, uh, 23rd, they had a car with ribbons and everything and I went into the car with Reverend Jones with my wedding dress and uh, the people were waiting in the church and uh, he came with his best man who was the other doctor that Mary liked <laughs> <laughs> and it was beautiful, it was very nice. We, the priest even came to the International House, we had a big dinner there. And uh, and then because the, it's a Methodist uh, church, uh, w- w- I mean it, w- the hospital was a Methodist, and they were Methodist. He was a Methodist priest, and his wife, Mrs. Jones, and they had the Methodists don't drink alcohol, so we had all non-alcoholic champagne. Mm. But of course, everybody in the international house they wanted to have, it. and in those days there were no plastics. But everybody said, oh, Lucy, wait well, a minute. All the car was all put with all tins and everything. Just Mary, They wrote everything on our car and everything. We were going. Suman had arranged already. Um, he had arranged um, the honeymoon. We were going to take a ferry. And we were going to Jersey Island. The whole island was so small. The whole island was so small. Jersey Island. You, you just could go in the car the whole day and just. It was beautiful. It, that island is for honeymoon. So dragging your feet. No, it no, sure drag. Like no, so don't drag. Yeah, it's don't. bad for somebody that's old to drag their feet. <laughs> that's what they say, eh? because they can fall, you know? And he's never yes, dragged his feet, but now, now all of a sudden he says he's old and he's dragging his feet. <laughs> that's not good. Not he good. heels are becoming heavier. No, that's not true. So so then you got married. So we got married. Um, we had a big party. And then they all said, we we'll meet on the beach. <laughs> and then they had champagne, mm. all in little... Paper cups. The non-alcoholic champagne. No, we had the oh, real Oh, had the real The real thing. The and come. Mrs. Joe said, where are you all going? I said, no, no, we're going on our honeymoon. And they asked all the group, all the others were <laughs> all in the car, ready to leave. And they said, we are going to follow them for a little while, they all said. <laughs> Just like a little caravan. And they all did, because we all went to the beach. And after that, yeah, we went off first to um, Bristol. We spent the night there in Bristol. And then the following day, we went to... Um, Bournemouth? Sure. Bournemouth? <laughs> Bournemouth? Bournemouth. We went there, and then we took the... From there we took the ferry that took us to Jersey Island. Oh, but I was so sick. You can't imagine how sick I was. The sea was so rough. And uh, the following day... Yeah, it was beautiful there. They, we went to a hotel. Mostly all honeymoon are there. They gave us lots of presents in the, mm. and there. Uh, and it was... We rented a car and we went all around the island Uh, we spent one how many days we spent one week there no yeah by the time we came back they were all waiting for us already in our flat because already i had taken a flat (laughs) this with mrs gooding that she becomes grandma for the children later she always used to come to the house she was also very nice she was the landlady of the first flat we took and that's how it is now this is a story of when I became pregnant and when I—that's for
0: another episode.
1: That's another
0: one. <laughs> it's for another episode on keeping up with Grandma Lucy. Okay. Well, thank you for chatting. Would you like to say anything to the people out there yes, hearing? Yes,
1: you're, you're a favorite granddaughter.
0: Oh, thank you. I knew it. I yeah. always knew it. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> anything you'd like to say, Emma?
1: we are going to be 54 years married now right. in oh. september and if anybody asks what's the secret never go to bed angry with each other oh one and second open like an open book never secrets for anyone
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay did you hear that everyone that's the secret
1: no all of you behave huh?
0: <laughs> okay Bye. Bye-bye. Say bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. bye. <laughs> bye. bye.